Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. We are in part four of this study in the book of James. It's been an amazing study. And uh, if you're first here for the first time today, listen, do yourself a favor. Make sure you come back next week to hear our pastor. He's been crushing it in this study. Uh, very, very um, applicable book as a whole, the book of James. And so today we're going to read through a very familiar passage that we've all read many times. We've all heard. And we're just going to lean in a little bit more uh, to, this, to this passage in the book of James. But before we go there, I got a picture real quick. Do we have any horse lovers in here? Any people, any, any country folk? A- any horse people? Um, can somebody tell me what kind of horse this is? Anybody tell me what kind of horse? Brown it's brown. <laughs> what, what breed? Yes, but you heard at first service, Michelle. This is an Arabian horse, an Arabian horse. Obviously, from the name, you see the origin is in the Middle East. Uh, these horses are very intelligent, very smart, very intuitive, very interested in what you're doing. Um, they're very spirited, um, a, bre- a very spirited breed in their temperament and their personality. Uh, very, very fun breed of horse to have, to own, whether to ride for fun or even for racing. And, but this, this horse also is a little bit stubborn, a um, little bit skittish, a uh, little bit flighty. And because of that, because of their personality, they oftentimes require a little bit more training, a little bit more training than, than the next horse would. And again, in the Middle East, what they would do to train these horses for complete obedience, what their trainers would do in the heat of the Middle East is they would allow these horses to go for days without water in the heat. And what they would do is after this period of days without water, they would let them go to a small body of water. And as the horses are making their way, and as they make it to the water and come to the edge and start to go down to drink, their master would would blow a whistle. And if if this horse has learned complete obedience, they would not drink, turn around, and go back to their master, of which who, who then would give them as much water as they want. But that's, that's the test of complete obedience and complete trust that this horse would stop. There, there's this satisfaction. You mean, somebody, how many of you guys, you have this cold cup of water after you're just so thirsty? And anybody, is it just me? I just imagine being in a desert like, oh, this is the only cup of water. That, is this just me? Like, am I weird like that? But... And I'll just drink it like it's the last cup of water ever. And I'll enjoy it more. But it's, it's there and it's available. And the horse trusts and obeys its master so much that it knows that it can go and still get some more water. So I'm going to pray for a moment just uh, for us because I'm, I'm just believing that there are some things, you guys, that are uh, available to us. Some things, some options, some opportunities, some satisfactions that are there in front of us. But what if God blew his whistle? Would you be willing and able to say, oof, oof, and then you turn and, and walk toward your master? So I'm just going to pray really, really quick as we go over this brief passage. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you uh, today humbly. I thank you for 
time of worship we get to have. I think we do get to celebrate Veterans Day. I think that we get to be together and celebrate a, a, a fun day, a Sunday fun day, just being in your house, Lord. And it's a privilege, it's an honor to be in your house. But I do pray right now, Lord, that as we open up your word, um, Father, that God, whatever you speak to us, Lord, that we would hear. Um, and Lord, do whatever it is that you're asking of us, that we would be like the Arabian horse and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have complete submission, complete obedience. Uh, even though there's something right here that I want, that I need, I know that my master has something even better with an endless supply. And so, Lord, prepare our hearts, open up our hearts and our ears today. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. amen. Now, the book of James is, uh, as some scholars compare it to the book of Proverbs. Many of us know the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It's, it's, it's literature that you read it. There's, there's 31. There's one for each day. And if you want to grow wise, many would say, read a proverb a day. Just like, you know, just like your one a day, little vitamin, one a day. And you could become more wise. And some have said that the book of James is similar. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a list of uh, wise writings as well as a list of testings. Testing what? Testing the level of your faith and the level of your obedience. Yeah. James just goes in and it's a book of testing. Where are you at with your trials? Where are you at with temptation? Where are you at with your mouth? Where are you at? Right? It's just... It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of tests. And so James is writing this book to believers, to Christians. And many of you guys know in Acts chapter 7, that's where Stephen is killed and persecution against the church is starting to rise. Everybody scatters. Everybody leaves. James is the leader of the church in Jerusalem, sees everybody, everybody is scattered. And so James knows, I need to write this ASAP. I need to get this out ASAP. Why? Because these folks ain't been in church in a while. These folks missing church. And how many of you guys know when you start missing church, that first week, you know, the second week comes and that third week comes and, and, and for, your old friends just start calling <laughs> out of nowhere. That third week comes and it's like just all these things now are just easily and readily available. James is like, these folks ain't been in church. I've, I've been seeing their IG. I've been seeing their, their Snapchats. I've been seeing what they've been putting on Facebook. I need, to, I need to get this to them ASAP. They need to hear this, and they need to get this. I believe that just as a born-again believer, just us surrendering our life to Christ, if you just had the book of James only, you'd probably be okay. <laughs> you might be okay. Again, James is a pastor. He's like, they need this. We can't meet right now. We can't get together in church. And, and some of us online, listen, we, we, we had a season where you can't. And James is like, I need to get this because some spiritual atrophy is stepping in. Some, 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 some uh, laziness in the spirit is starting to settle in. And I just need to make sure that they're getting back on track. And so that's why James is writing this, this book that we know. And we're going to pick up right here in verse 19. It says this in chapter 1. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Everybody say, quick to listen. Ooh, slow to speak. And, okay, uh, I'm just kidding. Slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you, which can save you. The title of my message uh, this morning is this is, can you hear me now? 
Can you hear me now? And everybody said, good, right? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. James starts off, again, very familiar passage. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. It's a very, very familiar quoted passage. In fact, these last three weeks in our small group, somebody, at least one person said at least one time each week just because it's, it's applicable, right? To every conversation you have, this is applicable. This, the, the verse is applicable. Listen quickly. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. But James is very intentional in this passage, very intentional with what he's trying to get across, what he's trying to convey. And so my first point is this. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Listen. Be quick. Be fast. Hurry and listen. Hurry to listen. Now, the word listen that James chose to use here is the Greek word akuo, akuo, which means this, means to attend to, to consider what's being said, understand it, perceive the, perceive the sense of what's being said, give ear to a teaching or a teacher. So James is saying this, make this decision quickly, because right before this, James said that God is, is the giver of all good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, right? Including this gift of knowledge, this gift of wisdom, this gift of truth that comes our way. And we're like, we hear this truth and we're like, oh, oh, that's true. James is saying, consider it. Stop. Be quick to get to a place. Be quick to make a decision that you're going to lean in a little bit to this truth. That God is speaking. You following me? Make that decision quickly. Well, to who? To who? Well, to God. Because there's a lot of foolish things out there. Amen. A lot of foolish things people are saying. So you got to be quick to listen to what God is saying. But sometimes God will use his word. He'll use prayer. He'll use somebody else in a conversation. He'll use a, a podcast. What, there's a lot of different avenues by which God will speak. And James is saying, when that truth comes, quickly get to a place where you consider it, where you ponder it, where you lean in a little bit and say, mm, I don't know that I necessarily feel good about that truth. Kind of hurts a little bit. Kind of hurts my ego. Kind of hurts my plan for Friday night a little bit. But I'm going to be quick to listen. I'm going to be quick to lean in to what God is saying. Because depending on what kind of day you're having, depending on the mood you're in, can, can greatly alter how you're listening, how you're, you're hearing what God is speaking to you. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> um, sometimes we just don't like the messenger. <laughs> God... Why you got to use her? <laughs> Why he got to be the one? I mean, you could have used anybody, Lord. You could have used anybody. Some, yes. Sometimes God uses the very person that you just might need to hear from. He's saying he's teaching you a lesson. Okay, Lord, that must be real true <laughs> because I ain't got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. I remember one time uh, my, my son Levi he, we share hats every now and then. Obviously, he's 11, right? So he's not going to care for it the way I do. Um, but there was one time I'm like, Levi, you know, where's, where's my hat? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, Levi, that, that, that's my favorite hat. 
this is my favorite hat of all. He was like, well, I found it in dirty clothes. And he said, ooh, and he said, ooh, you just got burned. I said, no, I didn't just get burned. It's my favorite hat. I need to know where it's at. Yeah, yeah, that's what people say after they got burned. And I'm like, I got nothing to say. I got, I found it in their dirty clothes, right. If it's really my favorite hat, it won't be in the dirty clothes. So I'm like, all right, Lord, truth, that's truth. Truth came here. And I'm like, all right, let me just lean in and we just listen. He's, he's, he's speaking truth, speaking truth. Sometimes we're like, I just don't like the messenger, Lord. You need to send somebody else to say that. And isn't that interesting how that happens? We say something <clears throat> to somebody and then they don't, they don't really apply it. The next day, somebody comes and says the same exact thing. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's, the, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I just told you the same thing <laughs> yesterday. In the same, the same, the way they said it. I don't know. It, sometimes we just, we're just, we're, we're picky with who we want to listen to. We're not, you know, you, you knock too hard on my door. It's not the right time. Um, but God wants to share some truth to us. He wants to share some truth to us. Sometimes we might feel even attacked. You know, this is just who I am. If, if you really feel, if that's how you really feel, then maybe we could just end this. We don't need to be friends. <laughs> I will defriend you right now. I will stop following you. I don't care. <laughs> you know, um, this is just the way I am. This is the way my dad was, the way my grandfather was. This is just the way it is. You accept me or don't. And um, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and, and he was saying how, um, you know, because we, we just celebrated, my dad and I, my wife, just celebrated 13 years of marriage. <laughs> Woo-hoo! And, and uh, what he asked me, he said, hey, if you could talk to your, your younger self, you know, when you first got married, what would you tell yourself? And I said, no, that's a great, great question. It's a great question. And I said, you know, what I would tell myself is, explain the importance of doing life together as a team. See, I love my wife. She is amazing. And I feel like the more I get to know her, the more I realize how amazing she is. But it wasn't always like that for me. You see, when you step into marriage, sometimes you're just a little bit selfish, a little bit concerned more about what I can get out of marriage. But what I realize is this woman that God gave me has challenged me in so many ways, not because she doesn't like me, but she wants me to get better. And so sometimes she will say things, and I'll be honest, I wasn't quick to listen at all. I wasn't. I was more quick not to listen. But I've learned over time that the quicker I am to listen to the advice that somebody that loves me inside and out would share with me because she wants me to get better. And doing life in every aspect as a team together, that's what I would explain to my younger self. And so it's been awesome. But listen, sometimes things are going to come. They're going to be presented to us. And it's all up to us how we're going to handle this truth that's spoken into our lives. Amen. Be quick. Get to the place quickly where you decide to listen and lean in. Next, James goes on and says, be quick to listen. Be what? Slow to speak. Be slow to speak. He's not saying speak slowly. He's not, he's, no, no. He's not saying speak slowly. He's saying be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. You see, because a reaction is much different than a response. 
Because if I'm not quick to listen, then I'm going to react. And the moment I react, conversation's pretty much done at that point. This truth comes, and I'm like, bleh, right? We react when somebody scares us. If come around the corner, we just react like, whoa, right? We don't think about it. I'm going to jump this way and scream. And no, you just, you react. And, and, and a reaction is, is impulsive. A reaction is not really thought through a whole lot. A reaction is kind of like the fight or flight. You just, you just react. And so James is saying, don't react so quickly, Stop, lean in, listen. That's good. Ooh, that's good. It hurts. Whew, hurts a little bit. Oof. Hurts my ego, my pride a little bit, because I thought I was better than that. Oof. Hurts. Be slow to speak. Respond. You see, a response is more thought through. When you stop and respond, it's more thought through. But sometimes we re- react, we react like this. There's a small list of sometimes how we react. I'm going to react to Okay. Nah, you tripping. Hey, 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 you could, you, could, you could have handled this a little bit better. Nah, you tripping. Well, what about you? What about you, Jay? <laughs> what about you? That's how we respond. You do the same thing, or you're worse, right? Somebody speaks some truth to us. You're worse. You're the one who taught me. It's all your fault, right? I mean, we have this gift of turning it around, speaking too quickly, and making it all about the other person. Because the, the, the quicker I can get it and make it about you or stop the conversation, the less I have to deal with my mess. The less I got to deal with this truth, the less I got to apply it. The, the, the moment I can step in and say something, it's easier for me to not have to deal with it. Be slow. Respond well. Respond well. Also, sometimes we're too quick to speak, meaning somebody says a little something that's some truth, and we're like, amen, I received that. Amen, let me hang up. Now, let me call my friend real quick. Do you understand what she just, let me tell you what she just told me? Do you realize what he just said? Sometimes we pick up the phone because we want to talk about it instead of actually apply it. Be slow to speak. Respond well. Next thing is this. Drop your guard. Drop your guard. Again, this is a succession, folks. It's a succession of things. If, you're, if you don't listen and then you, and then you re- react, if you react, then they're going to react, and then you react, then they react, and all of a sudden, now we're angry. I have this wall. I have my defense built up, and now I'm angry, and now we're getting nowhere because my guard is up, and I'm not trying to hear anything that you're saying at all. I'm not trying to hear it. James goes on and says that Human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. It's okay to be angry, but not sin, right? But there's a human anger that's very selfish. I'm getting mad because I'm trying to protect something inside of me that's just mine. You're trying to step all over, all up in my bubble, and I'm mad. But this human anger does not ever produce God's righteousness. It's very, very selfish. But there's a godly anger, a godly anger that's bent on righteousness. God hates sin. I can just imagine Jesus in the temple courts. How, what do you think his face was like? And we have all these pictures of Jesus just smiling, just wavy hair, and he's, he's just waving, just like, just flipping tables. Just all, no. He, he was angry. He was mad. 
you're making my father's house a den of thieves. And he is angry and he is flipping tables. I can only imagine what that debriefing meeting was like with the apostles and with Jesus. And like, Jesus, um, whew, let's go over some wins and losses. Uh, can we start with the losses? You went crazy. I mean, what? Um, but Jesus, there is a lot of validity to his anger because he, God hates sin. But there's a personal, there's a, there's a human Anger that is not and will not ever produce the righteousness of God. Amen. So don't be so quick to put up your guard. We have a lot of folks in the house that are on our serve team. Our serve team is is what makes church happen, y'all. That's what makes church happen. It's our serve team. But one of our serve team standards is this, is that we're open to growth. We are open to growth. And what's that, what that means is there's going to be times where, you know, we're on mission for God. We have a mission. We have vision. We have a purpose as a church, as fountain. And there's going to be times where it's like, hey, bro, hey, sis, let, 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 let's talk a little bit. Here's some room for improvement, some room for growth. And nobody's exempt. I'm not exempt either. And so these conversations happen, not because we don't like you, not because we don't want you to be a part of the serve team, not because it's like, I'm just going to show you who's boss. I'm the boss. No, it's not about that. It's all about, listen, let's link arms. Let's walk through this season together. God loves you. I love you. We can't, God doesn't want to leave you the same. We want to keep growing and maturing together. And so don't put your guard up. Let's move together. Don't be like the people that Paul was talking about in 2 Timothy 4, where he was saying that there's going to come a time where people don't want to put up with sound doctrine. They don't want to hear the truth anymore. They don't want to hear it. Rather, they're going to surround themselves with, with people that will say what their itching ears want to hear, yeah. what their itching ears want to hear. And again, that's going to produce no fruit, folks. Right. Hey, this is what my pastor said, but what do you think? What do you think? Don't even want to put up with sound doctrine anymore. So, so Paul said it like this. There's another theologian that says it this way. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Theologian Olga Lacey said it this way. The more I know the heart of Jesus, the less I can stomach Hollywood preachers. I can't stomach preachers that nourish my pride and leave my soul to die. That was confirmation that, yes, I'm on the right track, Lord. You, you speaking, that was confirmation for me. I think it was yesterday, the day before. But Olga said it the same way. Said the same thing. Listen, I mean, I mean sure, you could say nice things and great things to me, and we can, we can have a good relationship, but the ones who really love you and really care about you are going to actually speak truth. Quick question. If something happens in your life and you hear something or you disagree with something, who's the first person you call? What are you expecting them to say? Are you expecting them to say something that you just want to hear or something that, ooh, that's not maybe what I want to hear, but that's what I needed to hear? That's what I need to hear. Amen? We got to put our guard down. We got to be willing and able to let God speak in very powerful ways. The passage goes on right here in verse 22. And it says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't, 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 don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, the word that James uses in verse 19 is akuo, akuo, which means lean in. This word here is a different word. It's akrates, and it just means a hearer. 
So James is saying, don't just hear it. How many of you guys know there's a big difference between listening and hearing? Are you listening to me? Oh, I hear you. Are, are you listening to oh, I hear you. I hear you. No, no. Are you listening to me? <laughs> are you listening to me? There's a big difference. And James is saying, if you're just a hearer and, 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 and you don't, what does the pastor say? Can you go back, brother? I'm sorry. If you just hear it and you don't do it, listen, you're deceiving yourself. We have this ability growing up called self-deception. And this is what self-deception says. The action or practice of allowing yourself, oneself, to believe that a false or unvalidated feeling, idea, or situation is true. Really, it's a willful blindness. It's called self-deception. James is saying, if you just hear it, you're deceiving yourself. It's self-deception. You're willfully being blind to this truth, this nugget that God's trying to share with you. I don't want to hear that. You're willfully choosing blindness. Listen, let me, let me let you in on a little hint. Most people already know. They probably see it. They probably see it already, and they know it, and they hear it, and they feel it. But sometimes we just deceive ourselves. No, that's, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know good and well you are not. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. I got this. I got this. We're in a season right now of COVID where so many things are coming to the surface. And unfortunately, um, you know, there, there, are, there are people that are not making it. They're just not making it because they've deceived themselves into thinking, I'm good. I'm okay. And things come out and they're not okay. They're really not. Lay down your guard. Let people speak into your life. And sometimes when people have a moment of truth that they're speaking to you, it's, it's probably true. <laughs> you got to know that they love you and want what's best for you. Self-deception is one of the primary sources of conflict from within. It's also one of the sources of conflict within organizations. Self-conflict. Stop. Stop. All the lights are flashing. All the signs are there. Everybody's honking their horn. Everybody's yelling out their window, stop. You're like, no, there's no cliff. I'm good. Stop. Don't do it. No. I'm good. There's an idea, actually, that came through Shark Tank one time um, many, many years ago. Those of you that watched Shark Tank. And um, it, was, it, it, was, it was a mirror that made you look, look better. And you could look in that mirror all day like, oof, all day. But guess what? Not every mirror in the world is that. You could buy a bunch more. It didn't get a deal, to say the least. But sometimes we just, we're just so stuck and, and we don't want to admit something that's true that probably a lot of other people see. Amen. Psalm chapter 95, verse 7 and 8 says this, Today, if you hear his voice, and th th this verse is near and dear to my heart because when I had uh, started as a pastor, this was in the name of our young adult ministry called His Voice, and this was the passage that we came out of. But today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart as you did in Meribah in the wilderness. You know why today? Because God is a God that speaks today, you guys. He speaks to you today right where you're at. Right where you're at, just like the manna. Get enough for today because yesterday is old. 
Don't worry about tomorrow. Today. Today. And God wants to speak today to you right now. And, but it's, but it's, it's up to us. You know, to listen and to, and to lean in and say, all right, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm going to be slow to speak. I'm going to be, excuse me, quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm going to be slow to become angry. I'm not going to put up my guard. I want to hear your voice today, today, this day, this day. Can you hear me now? It goes on and says this. Anyone who listens to the word and doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, walks away, forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all that they do. Anyone who listens to the word and does it, this is the age-old listen and do. <laughs> Any parents in the house? Any parents? You got some parents in the house? Some little kids? <laughs> um, so, you know, this happens. I need you. To do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to tell you in five different ways, three languages. I'm going to write it out for you. I'm going to record it so you can play. I need you to do this. But some, there's this spiritual force that captures those words, translates it, and then it enters the ears of the children. And what is it? What is it? And to where it's just it's this equation they cannot figure out. What? What did you say? Francis Chan said it this way. Francis Chan said, my daughter knows better than when I tell her to go clean her room to come back an hour later and say, Dad, I heard what you said. Oh, it's good. It's good what you said, Dad. I studied it, actually. The word clean in the heat, right? I mean, it's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very simple. Listen and then do it. Listen and then, and then do. Again, he, he talks about a mirror and and if, if you look at the mirror and you see, you see yourself, you're like, um, I see the wrinkles, I see the stains, I see my hair is a little bit messed up. He said, if you listen to it and don't do it, it's like walking away and completely forgetting that your shirt's wrinkled, that you got stains all over, and that your hair is messed up. And you're walking around, and everybody's saying, you got some stains there. No, 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 I don't. No, no, I don't. Your hair's a little bit out of whack. No, 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 no. You're tripping. Tripping. So what about your hair, <laughs> right? What about your hair? <laughs> A businessman once told Mark Twain, a businessman once told Mark Twain, he said, before I die, I want to take the trek to the promised land and I want to stand on top of Mount Sinai and I want to, you know, like Charleston Heston did, remember? And the book, no, you guys are too young. I want to read the Ten Commandments on top of Mount Sinai. And Mark Twain responded and said, or... You can stay in Boston and just do them. You know, I've got to make this big trek. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting, for the, I'm waiting for the right time, Lord. I'm just waiting for the right season to walk in obedience. It's coming, Lord. It's coming. Today, if you hear his voice, God wants to speak and minister to us today. If you look in the mirror and forget what it looks like, then what's the point of having the mirror in the first place? I mean, again, you can surround yourself with people that just like to stroke your ego and say what you like to say. Or you can say, you know what, I want to get better, and so I'm going to make sure I surround myself with the right people because I want to be able to let them speak into my life and let God speak to point out things that I can do better. You know, I look out. You guys are all great people. 
be great. Um, but all of us, there's room still to get better. Yeah. Room still to get better. Matthew 7, verse 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven who does it. And in Matthew 28, we know the Great Commission. Jesus said, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he said, And teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Right? It's not just about head knowledge. It's not just about studying the scripture and knowing it so you can give an answer to other people. Jesus said, teaching them to obey, to obey them, not just to know them. So what do we do? What can we do from here then? First thing is this, is we can repent. We can repent. You know, right where you're at, wherever you're at in life, just repenting, just coming before God and saying, Lord, take me as I am give you my heart, I give you my life. And then once you do that, then real change can start to come. You see, because when your heart is changed, then decisions, then behavior starts to change. It's kind of hard to do it the other way around. You can't really change behavior and expect your heart to change. Your, your behavior and your words are a reflection of your heart. And so if you humble yourselves and repent, come right before God, then he will begin to help you to apply these words. Next is you got to be honest with yourself. Got to be honest with yourself. Call a spade a spade, y'all. No longer walk around deceiving yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. And finally, you got to trust God. You got to trust God. Again, the Arabian horse is at this, is right at the lip. Like this was fresh water. It's cold and it's hot and, you know, they're just, but I know that my God has something better and will also be able to provide all that I can want if I would just stop and step away. Sure, it'll satisfy you for the moment. Sure, it's, it's going to feel good to drink this water. It's, it, it's, 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 it's going it's to be good for you. You're going to like it. But, man, my master, my king, my God, who's blowing this whistle that you hear. You hear the whistle, y'all. Sometimes... It, it's a little bit harder to know when God is saying yes, so you kind of got to like, yes, Lord. But you know when God is saying no. You know when God is saying no. Oof. All right, Lord. And turn and trust God. And trust God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.